you would turn in your Bible to Mark, the 10th chapter, um, we'll be reading there in just a few moments, Mark, the 10th chapter, beginning with the 13th verse. And Father, thank you that as we bow before you and as we seek to hear your word afresh, And as we seek to begin this new year, we thank you that you will find a way to touch us, to remind us that, lo, I am with thee always, even until the end of the age, that having once taken our hand, you won't let us go, that you will help us, and that right early. The God of Jacob is your refuge and your strength. And, Lord, that blessing has been passed down through the generations all the way to us, And we have received it, and we are grateful for the blessing of God in our lives. And we ask, Lord, that you would give us an opportunity to respond to your words today, that you would speak to us uh, afresh. For we ask it in the wonderful name of the one who makes it possible, our Savior, Jesus, and all God's people said, Amen. You know, if you uh, are around a playground with children and parents, if you're around a playground very long with preschoolers, uh, one of the things that you will hear again and again said by children is what? Look at, look at me, look at me. It'll be over and over. Look look at me. Look at me. You you hear it all over the place. See me. Celebrate me. Validate me. Look at at me. And we all know uh, that in in our own spirit, even though we're not children, we we still need, as Pastor Steve said, we still need to believe that that God sees us and that that others see us and believe us and, and celebrate us. A little later, uh, from childhood, we become students and go to school and, and get into junior high. And the thing that we want, and, and perhaps our greatest human need, is to, to know and be known. We, we want to be known and loved and celebrated and for someone to see us. And we, we get into middle school, which is a, a pretty difficult time, isn't it? And and, and students uh, send e- even little notes back and forth to one another. You know, I, I remember I was fifth or sixth grade, I guess, when, when I sent a little love note. And, of course, I didn't send it directly. I sent it through my best friend who gave it to their best friend who gave it to them. And it said, I, I like you. Do you like me? You know, when, you remember when that happened. You, you, you remember that. And, and uh, you, I, do you like me? Yes, no, and what? Maybe. Now, maybe at a certain point in our life, it isn't all that bad, you know? If you, if you get a maybe, that's really not as bad as you, you would think. A maybe uh, it isn't all that bad. But to get a yes, to get a clear yes, to be known and liked uh, is the closest thing to heaven in junior high school. Amen? It's just kind of like, whoa, somebody 
cares. Somebody validates and even celebrates. You know, we have a desperate need, beloved, to be included and not excluded. When when our, our, our children, my children, were in middle school, we moved from the P, from the coast to the Piedmont, you recall. And, and, you know, we went through a time there where you're adjusting. You're trying to get your feet under you. And Suzanne and I did our best to keep our, our kids uh, during that transition. It's an inevitable roller coaster of emotions for everybody. But w- w- one night particularly, I noticed that one of my children... Uh, was was very quiet and, and and distant, and they had gone into their room, which wasn't normal. And uh, early in the night, and I went in, and and then the dam just it broke. It's too hard living here. Nobody knows me. I'm in a new school. Everybody always has friends already. I, I don't belong. Everybody knows what it's like to. To, to, to get to the end of the lunch line and, and have nobody to sit with. I remember Tony Campolo once said, the old Roman Catholic theology is right. There is a purgatory, it's junior high school, where every flaw, every blemish is called out and highlighted. And, and, and a couple of them were, were there. And it was, it was a painful thing. And it stabbed me particularly one phrase. I just, I, I just can just get through the day. It feels like I'm a mouse without a hole. See, with nothing to protect me, I'm, I'm running about. It's not in my control. The feeling of being an outsider. Vulnerable. I don't know if you've ever thought about it, but Jesus knew what it was like to be an outsider, to be excluded and even reviled. He was a despised man, forsaken, it tells us in Isaiah, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, like one from whom men hide their faces. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Certainly he knew, beloved. He knew the, what it was like to be outside and, and looking in. Certainly he knew and knows the heartache of those who find themselves excluded, alienated, orphaned. And his heart was moved and went out to the, the people of God. The heart of God has always gone out to, to those who are disenfranchised. And, and he says, to whomever will may to the Lord come. Come unto to me, said Jesus, if you're weary and heavy laden, if you're hurting, if you're orphaned, if you need a place, come unto me and, and you'll find rest. You see, God has a love for the outsider, the orphaned heart. For you were once not a people, it says in 1 Peter 2, but now you are the people of God. You, at once you did, uh, you, you did not receive mercy, but now you have received mercy. 
You see, the themes of adoption and redemption are, are on every page of Scripture. Jim, if you have, have Romans 8, it, it says, For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear of again, but you have received the spirit of adoption. You're no longer abandoned. You're no longer forsaken. You're included. You're adopted as sons. And thus, thus cry out, Abba, Father, the Spirit of, him, uh, of God, witnessing to our spirit that we're children of God. And in Galatians, it says, Galatians 4, it says, But when the fullness of time came, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law. Why did he send them? In order that he might redeem those who are under the law, that we might be might receive the adoption, that we might be included, that we might be embraced. And because you are sons of God now, He sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father, we belong. We are blessed. Therefore, we're no longer slaves, but sons and daughters, heirs. But let me ask you a question this morning. How do we get that blessing, that blessedness from the outside of us to the inside of us? You know, we can say this morning, well, I, I know God loves me, but why don't I feel God loves me? You see, that's an important question. We can hear a lot of Scripture and, and a lot of God talk. But where does it find root in our souls? You see, that's a question that, as a person who does a lot of ministry and counseling, that, that I run into all the time. That's a question that I've run into in my own life, in my own heart. Even as a believer, I've felt at times orphaned, an outsider. How do we get it from the head to the heart? How do we get it on the inside of us, particularly if we've been abused or believed something else for a, a long, long time. Beloved, the truth is, and I wish it were different, but the truth is, it isn't instant. It isn't like the forgiveness of our sin, which can be immediate. It's a process, isn't it? Why? Because we can only receive the love we believe we deserve. Can you say amen to that? It's the truth. You're not going to receive what you don't believe you deserve. And it's a dilemma because we've grown up in a certain way and we've formed opinion and we've been hurt and wounded in various ways and we're not going to receive what we don't believe we deserve. Our orphan's heart, they have to be convinced. Our minds have to be changed or we won't belief. We have to displace the, the words and the wounds uh, that we've gotten in the world. They have to be pushed out somehow, converted. We need the wonder of the Word of God. We need the Word of the Lord. And we need it in such a way that the Word of the Lord displaces the wounds of the world. Amen? And it takes the Word of God. It takes something powerful. It takes a revelation. It takes a spiritual battle. It takes claiming it, as Pastor Steve has been saying. We've got to claim the Word. We're in a spiritual battle. And we have an enemy. 
We have to take the Word of God and use it as Jesus did in the wilderness as a weapon because we do have an enemy. And we not only need to claim it ourselves, we need, don't we, for others to stand with us and to believe for us. We need others to speak the Word of God over us, to believe the, the prophecy, the, the blessing, to speak it. It's a process. How did Abraham successfully get it into Isaac? And how did Isaac successfully get it in to Jacob? Have you ever thought about it? It's a process, a multi-generational process that was passed down. And it's as much caught as it is taught. It's something that's transmitted through lives and through, through the words of God. And it says in, in Numbers 6.23 that Moses received the word of the Lord. And there's not time to go into it, but Moses received the word of the Lord. And he was to tell Aaron and his sons, Now this is how you are to bless and pass the blessing to the children of Israel. And it go, goes on to say in verse 27, So they put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. So, so if you put the name, if you put the blessing, then God says, I will bless you. You see, they were taught to receive the, the, the blessing and to pass it on. In First Chronicles 16.43, it says, all the people departed. You see, they'd been worshiping in the temple. They, they had received the blessing as, as the corporate people of God gathered from the Lord. All the people departed from the temple. And, and, and every man went to his house. And David, it says, returned and did what? He blessed his house. You see, they were not receiving it from the Lord. And then they were taking it into their individual homes. Each comb, if you recall, lit a candle. And they did this for hundreds and hundreds and yea, even thousands of years. This has been passed down. For centuries, the, the blessing of Orthodox Jewish homes, they, they would light a candle after dark and after the meal. And the, and the blessing ceremony begins weekly. You see, this, this was done where, where the, the, the father of the family would, would meaningfully lay, would touch and lay hands on the son or the daughter. And, and words of honor and affirmation and, and blessing were spoken over the children. And, and a picture of a, a, a special future prophetically was spoken to each one uniquely. You see, they didn't, they didn't wait. They didn't wait for the world to fill in the blanks for their children. They went ahead and took the initiative. They took the Word of God and prophesied and spoke it over and into their children. They took the initiative to bless and to teach their children to bless. And somehow, beloved, in the light, in the flickering light of that candle, they saw each other more clearly than in the day. You see, they were able to see in the Spirit what God wanted in the heart 
And they spoke it over them. And don't you know, they began to impart something. They began to internalize something that was their armor against the world. Against the offense and the woundings of the world. And you see, it was a very powerful thing. It wasn't simply a perfunctory little ritual. It wasn't simply a a, a ceremony. They taught them to bless and not to curse. You see, it was their armor against the world. Take the offensive and bless or you're going to end up cursing. And Joseph and Mary brought their... Could you turn this up just a little bit? Joseph and Mary brought their son, their baby, to be blessed in the temple. And Simeon, you'll recall, met them there. And he was amazed. A revelation now, God, I can depart in peace. For my eyes have seen the salvation which thou hast... There's a blessing. I've been blessed and I'm blessing. Oh, God, here's the Savior. And he was blessed. And then they went to their own home, you see. And and Jesus grew up there. And as he began his earthly ministry, he went out. And his father did what? The Father spoke. He spoke audibly a blessing over His Son. And what did He say in this personal blessing? Say it with me. This is my beloved Son in whom I am. Has anyone ever said that to you? I mean, in a prophetic way, imparting not just the words, but the the heart You see, Jesus experienced and filled, it filled his soul. It filled in the blanks of his soul. And and Jesus began his ministry. And what did Jesus do? Jesus did the same. To anybody who has ears to hear, I'm going to bring a blessing to you. If you pursue me, it will be deeper and deeper and deeper. And finally, we get to the scripture for today, which is Mark. In Mark, Jesus, having been blessed, blesses. He blesses whom? He blesses the children. And it says there in verse 13, And they, the women and whomever in the village, were bringing children to him. Who were these children? They were their children. I'm sure they were orphans. There were lots of... But they wanted to do what? They wanted to be touched by Him. They wanted to be touched by Jesus. Because they knew something would be imparted to them. And what did the disciples do? The disciples did what? They rebuked them. They rebuked them. Why? Why? They assumed that Jesus was too important. He was too busy to do this with children. And it says that Jesus became indignant. Permit the children to come unto me and do not hinder them, for such is the kingdom of God. It belongs to such as these. And it says he took them in verse 16. He took them up in his arms and he began blessing them. 
He began laying his hands upon them. The word literally there is he enfolded them. And, and what's the picture there? I hope you see it. He was sitting down, obviously, and, 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 and they came unto him, and he reached out his arms, and, and, and then he just scooped them up. He enfolded them and up upon his, his lap, as many as could get there. He held them, you see. He, he enfolded them. He brought them into his heart, and they felt drawn to the, the, to the love of of, of God, the love of the Savior, Jesus. They were enfolded into His care. And don't you know that, that He continued to bless them? The mothers wanted Him to lay hands on them, and surely He took the time with each one to be present to them. Do you ever think about, can you visualize it? What, what were the words that He would have spoken to them? As they sat upon it, I'm sure that he got them right in the eye and he looked at them. And, and perhaps he, having received the blessing of the Father, gave the blessing of the Father. Who knows what he might have said? But he might have said, you are my beloved son. You are my beloved daughter. In, in you, I am well pleased. My sheep hear my voice. He, he was calling them, drawing them, but even more important than the words, He saw them. He was present to them. He believed in them. He knew that, that they, they knew that they were wanted. They were claimed, you see. They were precious. You are precious in my sight. There was an impartation of the heart which goes beyond words. It was a passing and an imparting of, of an identity and a strength and a blessing and a destiny. You belong. Your beloved, take that in. Let it be the armor that you use against the wounds that will inevitably come in the world. You matter. You belong. You have what it takes. Have you received the blessing? You know, some people might say, well, all this touchy-feely stuff, I, I, don't, I don't even know if I need that. Is it really all that important? I'll tell you how important it is. I work with, in recovery. I am in recovery, and I've worked with, with people in recovery. I work with people who've been in jail. And one of the things that almost every convict who's in prison today, male and female, have in common is that they don't believe that they're beloved. There are studies that show that they haven't taken that in. They have an orphaned heart. They feel cursed, and therefore they do what? They curse. They do what was done unto them. They act in accordance with the way they see themselves, and so do you. And so do, do I. If I don't perceive myself having laid hold of the blessing, I don't believe I'm blessed. And I begin to do what? I begin to curse. Because see, that's what happens. When Jesus said that in Luke 6, He's basically saying, look, I want you to take the offensive in your life and bless. Because if you don't, 
you'll begin to see what you look for. And in the flesh, by default, you'll begin to curse if you don't bless. I want my people blessed. And so he taught them, as God would teach us today, to bless and and not to, to curse. Does it really matter that we receive this blessing and believe it and pass it on in our hearts? You see, almost every social ill, look out there and tell me one, almost every social ill can be traced back to this. Teen pregnancy, drug abuse, eating disorders, gang violence, senseless acts of of violence. You see, people who, who, who haven't received this in their heart can't stand to live continually of, in, with the pain of not being loved. And therefore, they turn it in to something else. Hate. Having not been loved, no one cares and therefore I don't care. You know, I was thinking, I said to the Lord, Lord, what, what can we do? You know, with our lives, we are in our later years. As what was that you called them, Steve? Golden, the golden years. What can I do? You want to make a difference in the world, Gene, Elon? There's still time. You want to do something significant in the world? Keep learning to bless and not to curse. Because we're going to do one or the other. You know, the most significant thing we can do in our lives is to bless. And particularly, Jesus had in his heart children. There were, there were anyone in need, but, but particularly children. Do you have children or grandchildren? One of the greatest and most significant things you can do in your lifetime is use the opportunities you have. And don't just bust in. We've got to be invited. We've got to ask. But could it be that God could use all kinds of opportunities that you have? And let me just suggest some off the top of my head. You know, you, you, you go to a birthday party for your grandson or daughter, and, and you say, you know, uh, son or daughter, you know, wonder if, if I could just have a prayer with you and, and, and you might even do it privately but you pull them close to yourself, you enfold them, you begin to speak words of honor and affirmation from the Spirit of God in you, you begin to prophesy a positive future over them, perhaps you're, you're, they're leaving uh, you, you, they've come to visit and they're, they're leaving you know before we leave could, could we just have a prayer together You see, there are all kinds of opportunities that we have that God can lay a hold of, that God can find a way. If we're not preachy, if we're humble, if we're willing to put and risk, God can do something. You may say, well, I don't have children. Did you realize that there are 163 million orphans in the world? Can I encourage you, if you don't have children, I just encourage you, find 
an orphan. Find someone in need and, and bless them and you will be blessed yourself. You see, you find a place to bless and you will be blessed. You see, the scriptures teach us that, that we, divine law teaches us that, that, that we can't receive what we're unwilling to give. So if we want to receive something, we must find a way to, to, to give it. If you want to be honored, you must do what? If you want to be forgiven, you must do what? If you want to, to have peace, what must you sow? Peace. If you want to be blessed, what must you do? See, it, it's, it's, it's out of the joy of uh, as we get in the flow of blessing that, that we are blessed. As much as you do it unto the least of these, said Jesus, you've done it unto me, and you will be blessed. And Father, thank you today that as we move from this, this year into a new year, you've given us an opportunity to take on something that you want to say to us. No New Year's resolution. No, those have always failed. It's got to be something that your Spirit is doing in us. But would to God, Lord, that we in this family would be a place of such blessing that we would bless and therefore be blessed, that we would find ways, as Pastor Steve is doing, to, to prophesy, to get a word from the Lord and speak a word of exhortation and encouragement and comfort. Lord, you'll give us those words for one another, that we might stand with one another in this world. And we thank you for the opportunities, Lord, that you will give us in the coming days. We thank you for the blessing it is to find you and to receive that new thing that you would do in our hearts. Lord, as we just wait for a second, we pray that you would put in our minds the faces of some of those that you would call us to bless. Lord, we tend to think of ourselves as less than. Why, why would they want a, a prayer or a blessing from us? It, because you're their father, you're their mother, you're their grandmother, father. You have an authority in the spirit. Take it up for the glory of the Lord and for the good of your children and grandchildren. And Lord, for those many people, we may be saying, well, what am I good for now? There's so many people, Lord, they're in such pain that if somebody could see them, that somebody could believe in them, to speak over them what you want to say to them, oh God, it would change their lives. We pray, Lord, in this coming year that you'd give us opportunity. That you'd give us opportunity. And Lord, even next week as Pastor Steve does a communion and a blessing service where we will have people come forward and we will not only serve communion, but we will bless them. We will have prayer over each family, each individual. We will be speaking blessing. We pray, Lord, that this would just be part of what we do as a church. Not just praying for the sick, but 
regularly prophesying and praying God's, God's vision and blessing, His future and hope over one another. Father, we ask Your blessing as we leave this place. We thank You for it. Go with us as we carry the presence and the blessing of God within. We ask it in the wonderful name of the one who made it possible, the Lord Jesus. And all God's people said together, Amen. If you need prayer today, we'll be up here after the service. Feel free to come up and there'll be some prayer ministers. Would you stand and let's take just a minute and share the love of God with somebody around you before you leave. Would you do that? Take just a